0: Hi there, Michael Zuber. Thanks for listening to the One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that the book One Rental at a Time is now available on Audible? Yes, to all my podcast listeners out there, One Rental at a Time is now available on Audible. Go check it out and please leave a five-star review. Have a great day. Hey, everyone. I got a really exciting interview for you today. We're bringing back a returning guest, Uh, We're bringing back Chris Jackson. How are you doing, Chris? I'm good. Good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, I wanted to bring you back because you put out a Facebook post highlighting something that I think is going to be a meaningful business, probably for the next, certainly three years, and it might even go out further, and that is, I don't know what you want to call it, maybe equity workouts for general partners and limited partners in, in commercial real estate? I would yes. obviously lean towards multifamily, but- Me too. Yeah. So uh, first off, genius. Uh, I've kind of put this out there months ago that this is going to be a requirement and not really knowing how it would work. And then you put this post out, I'm like, dude, I got to talk to Chris again. So why don't you talk about the idea and we'll kind of break it down a little bit.
1: Sure. I mean, you in the last uh, six years, uh, you've had a lot more syndicators coming to the space. And then hey, in the man. last three- I mean it was kind of early actually when I think about it 6 years ago but in the last 3 years you've just had a lot of people come into the syndication space a lot of people partnering GPs like 15 GPs a ton of LPs into syndications to take down very large properties and sometimes even small properties and now with the changing environment uh you know you have delinquency issues coming up and you're also going to have that coupled with inexperience on how to be an operator of a large building and not how to work with your investors, not how to work with your GPs. And unfortunately it's a recipe for uh, some projects to not go as well as people want to. And most people believe that the solutions are just to dump it mm-hmm. or not do anything. And that yeah. makes
0: it worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I did a video I don't know, sometime in the last 10 days. I do so many videos, I often forget. But there was an LP uh, that was part of eight different uh, apartment buildings. And he sent me a note saying, hey, one of them, they've decided to give up the ghost. And it was because it was a new syndicator. Um, You know, This syndicator had a full-time job in tech, and they thought it was easy. And they bought out of state in a C-class area. And now, you know, they tried to do an equity raise. Uh, you know, they called for capital, it didn't happen. And now they're they just like you said, dumped the property. And what I'm excited about what you're doing is that's that's an a option. That's an option, but it's probably not the best option for long-term preservation. So um, I,
1: I agree with that. Like you have, unfortunately, it's going to create a scenario where you have a lot of uh, predatory yeah. buyers with tons of cash that are going to show up and say. I'll get you out of the situation but uh, I'm going to buy it all cash and it's going to wipe you all out.
0: Yeah, they're going to okay. say something like I can get you out of this tomorrow. That's going to feel good, right? Cuz it's right. like, hey, that nightmare's behind me. But in reality, if they come to someone like you this workout scenario, you know, maybe maybe there's some limping or whatever you want to call it, there's there's a time frame, but the end result probably is or will be much better, I would assume.
1: There are going to be certain properties in the right areas where they were purchased at the right price, where the equity has a certain value, call it, let's just use simple numbers, $1 million of LP equity. Yep. And it's something that I would want to be a part of. I like the property, but I could dilute the equity's worth to yep. 500000 mm-hmm. but keep the LPs in yep. to reach certain milestones. Then they would start to get part of the profits in the future to become par and if we stay in long enough uh and the project is successful enough they could win usually this would involve the gp unfortunately we're dealing with a lot of ego so the gp needs to say thank you for saving like say i'm going to be able to save face i'm not a part of this anymore i would present to the lps as an experienced operator to give it a chance to not just Dump for half value, like everybody kind of comes to realization. I'm gonna we're gonna sell the property and lose half of our principal. What if we go with Chris, and we have a chance yeah. to get back in the future?
0: Yeah. Well, I, again, I only have one example in the last week or so, but this individual, all the LPs were wiped out. Just every dollar, no, and
1: it, right? And it doesn't. Not, sometimes the debt's going to be too high. Yeah. It's not going to work out. But if everybody can get on the same page and and you agree, you have a chance.
0: Yeah. And again, it's, it's, this is going to be, let's just say it how it is, right? Even in 2019, I was, I, w- I wouldn't say I was screaming, but I was consistently saying there are too many syndicators. You can't learn syndications at a 299 course. course. Um, you're going to, you're going to hurt a lot of people because you're overpaying. And I said that with experience, I was selling small apartments, you know, for seven figures. So there were syndications buying it and I knew the property. I had held the property through the last recession. I knew what capital improvements were required short term and they sold, they closed. And I'm like, Oh, I cannot imagine owning those buildings today. It's,
1: I mean, I'm still a buyer, so I'm bullish, but I'm a realistic bull. I, mm-hmm. I like multifamily. Yeah. Uh, I like multifamily. We are on a flight to quality in most cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, so But so C-class properties, assets tend to need more maintenance that most people didn't give the respect for, like we talked about in the CapEx tsunami. So I remember that that piece isn't getting the respect on what cost you have to pay for it to put in the right work. So I'm not finding a lot of C-class properties that meet that requirement for me right now. But I still find some things with a little bit of an arbitrage being created where you have if you're out there and hustling and you got to be experienced. Yeah. To know what to do in the right areas, I I can find a little bit of a delta to uh, to find great product that wow, normally I was pushed out of.
0: That's great. So already, because I, I I was I assumed it was um, we were still in price discovery mode where sellers for the most part were remembering yeah. January and they are okay. Cool. All right.
1: My negotiations are not fun. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, no, honey, that's not worth ten million. It's worth six point two million. Yeah,
1: I got right, it right. But it's it's just about having a system in place for for actually mining for opportunities and not acting on them all. All
0: right. Well, let's ask this question: Are are you looking at more deals today than you were in January?
1: I looked the entire time. I never stopped. I'm in contract on one.
0: Oh, nice. All right. So, okay, that's cool. So, what are you in contract on? You know, rough rough numbers and where.
1: Uh, it, I I just had this thing. I normally don't talk about things while I'm in contract. But I'll That's give you fine. It, overall, yeah, just uh, overall. It's it's actually smaller. It's between 20 and 60 units, okay. and it's a like a B plus plus. Okay. A minus asset that I get to come into at a seven cap.
0: Okay, in in or out of California? <laughs> Not in California. I figured given the seven cap but I just wanted to ask. So cool. I like I like your I I was in sales for 20 years so I I'm, I'm like you right. You don't you don't talk about the deal till the deal's done. So I get it. Yeah, no problem. Some,
1: I get I get to keep my head straight too. This like you, <laughs> you got to be able to you got to be able to like the deal's not done until it's done.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so let's go back to what we're talking about today. Um have you have you had any initial conversations about workouts or or equity workouts already?
1: Yeah. I mean I have I have had one that uh Like they, they kind of were a confused mind says no. And I understand that. So they're not sure what does this really mean? Yeah. And you kind of have to plant the seed to be like, there are options. That's all I can do right now. And then I have to wait around and follow up to see if I can enlist the GP to present to the LPs. Yeah. Because if the LP comes to me also, the LP doesn't control the deal. They have to enlist the GP to relent, uh, relinquish control.
0: I'm curious, is there a list or how would you market to GPs? Cause again, the GP has to make that decision that this is potentially a better option.
1: Oh, I know uh, a way. You know a way. Okay, cool. Yeah, so you can't, I'm not going to tell
0: anybody that's mine. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine by me. So, so there, there are you- many people that are doing this.
1: The only people that are really doing it are, are big institutional guys and they're yeah. used to doing big equity workouts. Yeah. Uh, So, But they're not going to pay attention to the smallers. It's just not worth the time. And that's where I feel I have an advantage.
0: Yeah. So smaller, probably what? I don't know. A smaller unit count, probably dollar amount, right? So sub. It's it's dollar amount. Yeah. Sub five million.
1: You could have a 50, 60 unit that's A class that's in trouble at 220 a door that a a big institution might like.
0: Right. It's the volume. I'm going to
1: say probably though, like, I think it's 10 million and up.
0: Yeah. Property yeah. Budget. So certainly 5 million and below. It's just, it's just not worth that Harvard graduate's time at the desk or whatever the hell they're doing.
1: Yeah. I mean, cause it's going, it, it, there's like one in 20 is going to really work out because they're complicated and you need a lot of oh, people yeah. to,
0: a lot of yeses. to say yes to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. There's a lot of people that have to say yes. You got to get them in the right state of mind. Some, I mean, some people are going to get to the point of these just being human nature and they're going to be bitter and they're like, no. Correct. Oh, right.
1: And I mean, the thing is though, like, I think what, what I'm looking for is an opportunity. One, it, it gets me into deals that most people are going to wait until the foreclosure process happens. And then you're fighting with a lot of other people. Yeah. And that's a year from now at best.
0: Uh, Yeah. It's even a year might be early. Uh, I think getting in, anytime you can fish in a pond that there's nobody in, even if it's small, if you're the only fisherman, you got all the
1: fish, right? then you have some situations too, where the, if it's a bridge loan situation on smaller debt, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, I could help out, but I'm also contending with the lender, probably wanting to take the property back. Sometimes. Yeah. So, but somebody like me comes in, we've done deals. I I can show up to the lender and be like, let's work something out. Like I'm going to go after this. I have agreement from these people. uh, I, I would like to get an extension by X. Mm -hmm. And then if it's worth it, yeah, and I want the property like and and I have enough buy-in, I can I can work that out and give LPs a chance. Now I I know so I've already had some people reach out to me and they're like they've never done a deal before and they're like, I want to do the LP equity workouts, it's not gonna happen, guys. No. You're not going you're not going to be able to convince a GP unless you've done deals.
0: No, I mean let's let's just stop the madness right now. Being a GP, right? The last three or four, it's not as easy as everybody makes it look like. Yes, you may have some rich friends who trust you, and you can say some fancy vocabulary, but you're not going to be an operator in a recession with increased vacancies, uh, eviction moratoriums, capital improvement needs. It's not going to be fun, right? You have a day job in many cases, like the example we talked earlier. Um, Let the professionals play now, because you're talking about significant dollars uh, that LPs have. Legal complexities. I mean- Yeah.
1: And I can tell you that during these last, I'm losing track of time, like quarantine was a weird time. (laughs) Uh, Like, I, I, three, four months, uh, I had never worked harder. Really? I worked worked harder to be creative with our existing properties. Ah, okay. Uh, And it was like double downing on my pride to be an operator.
0: Well, let's talk more about that. I think people need to realize how hard it is to be an operator because I think. Man, I don't know what it is. I, it's it's it's. I mean, I go back all the way back to the dot com stock trading days in 2000. When it's easy, the everybody comes in, and then suddenly poof, it's not easy, and it hurts, and it's painful. Everybody runs away. You're you're staying in. So talk about talk about the hard work the last three or four months.
1: It was just uh, proactive communication, like yeah. managing different levels of granularity with uh, residents that were having uh, problems with COVID and working out payment plans. It was about sure. proactive communication, concessions. Uh, we became better operators over the last four months, even oh, beyond awesome. what I thought we were. And, uh, that I, I think that it's just a lot of thinking, a lot of strategizing and then executing, testing things, what works, what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of operators, um, got caught with like hoping that it would just work out or staying to <laughs> their old plan yeah. and you couldn't, do, there's no way you could do that. No, like, you had don't. to change things up and try things like.
0: yeah.
1: Give concessions, work, work out, like do workouts with people, like uh, market better, so you can have an influx of people in uh, with demanding uh, your units. I actually, that's one thing that I'm gonna say is not getting talked about a lot is we're finding massively high demand for our units. Like that's a good thing. Like sure. Like I think that it's also a result of reputation management, reviews, Hmm. word of mouth, so that when somebody wants to move out, they're like, where am I going next? You become top of mind
0: and you need that. Quality matters. Yeah. yeah, Quality matters. Well, I'm curious. One thing I knew I wanted to ask you coming into this, if it worked out and guess what it's working out is um, in this, in this crisis, one of the things that I see as a risk that's different than all others is that class a may not be the saving grace that it has historically been. And that's because I think a lot of the class a, kind of the millennials and all of that are financially stable. And what they may choose in this environment is, you know what? I want a backyard. I want a front yard. I need that extra bedroom. Space is good as I call it. Mm-hmm. Um, is it possible that class a uh, could not be the strong, as strong as it was in past recessions? Cause that's, that's what everybody says, right? Got to own class a in a recession.
1: I think that if you, I think it's just kind of an overall maximum. If you paid too much for class a and you don't have the ability to give concessions, you, mm-hmm. you could be in trouble. I, I think though if you priced it right at the right cap rate mm-hmm. and you have your investors expectations set correctly, you could have the nicest product around right. for a discount for a little while and make it through a year yeah. and then come back. Whereas the CapEx tsunami is building in C and B class at a rate that people just don't get. Like 1990 That's that was getting like 140 a door is thirty years old, people.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: So, like B class. Oh, but I'm B class. I'm I'm gonna be good. Yeah, you're B class. You're gonna be good. Question mark. Yeah. Maybe you'll have some A class come down and down and, and, and downsize. Uh, but oh, the windows and the uh, AC units that cost twenty five hundred to forty five hundred a clip, they ain't working so well right now. Yeah. And yeah, they require capex that comes from cash flow or elsewhere
0: or elsewhere. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the other thing I don't think a lot of operators have appreciated is a lot of their plans talked about three or 4% rent inflation Mm -hmm. for forever. And um, that's just not going to happen for the next year or two, I would think. So I'm going to
1: agree and disagree. I'm going to explain. Awesome. Uh, I am going to agree that I think that you should plan for uh, year one, to not go anywhere with rents and increase your uh, physical and economic vacancy, that's prudent. Cool. However, with migration patterns uh, and supply issues occurring, even in multifamily, if you yeah. buy in the right place with the right asset and you're doing your research, this doesn't just, it's not, I, I don't do broad statements. That's just not me. Yep. I'm too, too analytical. Like you can, if migration patterns from the city, Washington, D.C., places that flight from density and they don't have a lot of supply and you buy under market truly, not just this word that everybody uses. I bought and it's under market. It's actually under market and you did your work to find a Delta somewhere, a difference. Yes. I think that in year two, you can put your rents up now. Okay. To, to what you have to decide based on your, where you landed. But if you have supply constraints and absorption rate advantages, I think that you're just waving the conservative flag to be conservative then. Gotcha. Cool.
0: Okay. So I think
1: if you have those factors dialed in, I think that you could, because I'm actually seeing it right now on the project that we're in contract on. Uh, we're getting rent increase, over, like five to 10% over what we have. Yeah. But I don't have it in my pro forma, like awesome. for year one.
0: Right.
1: So like in case there's like a, oops, we got we to gotta yeah. cut or like, we, that's fine. But uh, mm-hmm. I'm getting increase right now. Yeah. Yeah. And,
0: and I, and I think you're right. I think it's a, I think the flight from d- density uh, is real. I think it was a cute topic two or three months ago, but I think at this point um, it's real, which means like San Francisco, New York, you're going to have, you're going to have double digit rent declines potentially. Yes. Right. But you know, Correct. the suburbs, right. They're, they're gonna, like, they could explode higher. Like
1: you could have, you could have areas like uh like 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 phoenix right now Mm -hmm. you could have a you could have southern california say peace and and like i'm out like even if yeah and then arizona i forget where it's at with rent growth i know it's been pretty high but Mm -hmm. even if it experiences a like fear of decline Mm -hmm. i feel like you would have enough migration coming there that it would buffer it would buoy that
0: oh for sure i think so yeah i think that is another another thing that's going to happen and i heard it talked about yesterday more and more with this whole work from home you know you know you can live anywhere things. I think New York and California, very high tax states are in for years of decline, right? Whether it's SoCal to Arizona, whether it's the Bay area to Washington or Austin or wherever it is. Uh, I mean, gosh, there, these, these, it's going to be a problem in California and New York for a while uh, in multifamily and frankly in single family homes, I think.
1: Yeah. I mean, what's, what's also happening is, uh, so you're getting in the New York area, which I don't, I don't invest in New York City. We have some stuff in upstate New York that's a bit of a different market. But New York City, people are leaving the city. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm going to get the, the, urb, the urbanites are like, yo, we would never leave. But I'm, I'm just saying, I'm not saying yes. it's turning into a desert. Like no. it's not. No. But like people are leaving and going into New Jersey. Yes. But then the people in New Jersey who thought it was already dense are like, we're done. This is too dense. So then they leave. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think you just, you, you move outward and there is that, that uh, flight from density, but you also do have urban needs. Like you, you, you want a secondary city to go out to eat outside. Yeah. So I do think secondary cities that provide that, that urban culture is going to, are going to do well. Yeah. So That's the we, best of both worlds.
0: Yeah. But again, back New York, San Francisco, just to name the two cities. They Right now, they aren't New York and San Francisco. Everything is shut down. Broadway yeah. shut down, right? The restaurants are yeah. eating on the street. I mean, it's just, why, why pay extra plus? I mean, everybody remembers the last crisis, right? Today, space is good. That's going to be the outcome of this crisis. Yeah. Space is good. I need, a, I need my office. I need, my kids need to go to school, at home, right? Need, uh, it's,
1: we On the property that we're in contract on and it's a something that people should look for we have a finished basement and we're going to put in five work from home intra building work from home offices
0: wow that's creative
1: like so you so we have the room to do more or convert some of the storage places that were storage spaces that we're going to add because there's a demand for more storage um if the demand is high enough we would just convert those to work from home offices too
0: very cool uh, and you would rent those separately i'm guessing
1: Yes, but not to outside people, only to- No, to, to residents, yeah. To residents. And uh, that gives you a safety lever too. If, say, you can't charge extra for it, yeah, you, you create an, an amenity that says, I, I need ah, to look there.
0: Ah, that's unique. Look at you. So creative. <laughs> <laughs> so as you look out, I mean, it's really hard, right? My crystal ball is broken, but when you look <laughs> out like five years, whew, Um
1: hate these questions Mike. i mean i, I again right i've
0: been in real estate for 20 years obviously more residential than commercial but i i feel pretty good about single family homes five years from now being worth more right just supply demand inflation is coming all of that stuff yes i think multifamily is the same thing right you need water first food second yes. shelter third they haven't fixed it i think i think you're going to have a year
1: from now blip and like you're going to have like a higher cap rate you're going to have the inflationary price pressures just from disruption in the market you're going to have the risk uh, risk assessment
0: yeah yeah notes
1: are going to like be due and that people have to sell yeah uh but i i agree with you that i think it's a great hard assets are great and i'm i'm not anti single family i actually think that what you what you talk about is is great i just couldn't scale like i i I I got, I had 60 single family homes at one point. I sold 30 of them. Like (laughs) I, I, they were also, I don't think the best types of assets. So I would have done better from the beginning, which I'm sure you teach. Uh, but I, I do agree from the debt perspective that you have what some of the lowest rates. I don't know if we're going to see again and they're fixed for 30 years. If you're, if if you're experienced operator and know how to do debt, right. There are hybrid debt for multifamily right now. That's really great. Like a seven year fixed step down prepayment penalties that mm. are palatable. And then they, they're, they're a 20 year note. They convert to floating at seven, but you don't have a seven year bullet. You're not. Forced. Oh, nice. Okay. So that, that gives you a, some pressure relief. What are,
0: what are you seeing in, I mean, I, I guess you're in a deal now. So are you already talking to lenders? What are you seeing their appetite Wait. being?
1: Hungry? Just you, you you can't be a noob and buy uh, okay. like you have to—you have to be buying right
0: yeah.
1: and uh, experienced operator. With have you refied life.
0: any debt here in the last year or so?
1: No, I haven't. I that would uh, that—that's not something I would be looking. I'd be trying to push that out as much as possible on refi. What I've heard in the refi space is basically—I mean, this happens in single-family homes too, where you, they won't let you cash out. Yep. Like no matter. If you bought a property for $1 and put a hundred thousand and made it worth 800,000 yeah. legitimately, they are not, the, they'll give you $2 as a refund. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. There's just sometimes like, lending just gets, they get scared or what conservative or whatever vocabulary you want I think
1: it's the, it, it's the notion of the skin in the game. You have nothing to lose anymore. They, we, they cast you out. You, you, if things yeah, you can get walk. bad, you're going to walk away.
0: Yeah. But, yeah. And, and
1: I hear that in multifamily, the, uh, The refis are not going to be as juicy. Even if you've done the right work to increase value, you're not going to get it right now. So I would probably, if you can, hang, hang on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The whole three year bridge loan value add opportunity that was sexy in late 19s, not so sexy today.
1: Yeah. I mean, you have, and I, I would, I, so I would do a bridge loan right now. I'm actually looking at something, a big project that would require a bridge loan, but we're talking about like, I'm getting the basis I need. It's got three years plus two one-year extensions for safety. Yeah, Uh, like I, 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 it's it's a very rare situation. I would not recommend somebody just run into that right now.
0: Yeah, very cool. So I'm curious um, if if there was an LP or a GP that watches this, how could they get a hold of you to start that conversation? Let's see if we can't make your phone ring.
1: So I think the best way would be to go to my website and just go to the contact form, uh, sharplineequity.com. Okay. And just fill out the contact form. I'm pretty accessible on Facebook, but I, I just want everybody to understand that, like, I know I'm 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 out there on Facebook, but when it comes to this stuff, uh, this is super discreet. Like, I yeah. I would sign an NDA and a an SCI for this kind of stuff. Like, I don't nobody will ever hear about this deal even exactly. after purchase.
0: Very good. So again, I will make sharpline uh, sharplineequity.com, right? Correct. I'll just take your email and put it there. So if you ha- if you are an LP or a GP or you have one of your friends and family they are in the deal and they're whining over the kitchen table, make sure they get uh, Chris's contact detail, fill out the contact form. Again, it'll be in line one in the description. Um, so hopefully we can get your phone to ring. Any other thoughts when you kind of think about loan workouts, kind of keys that people should reach out? You know, what are things they might be feeling that they should reach out and just have a conversation?
1: They should, they're going to be feeling like they don't, they are only being presented with one option Mm -hmm. and there are many like I may look at a project and say, this is a project I actually want to be a part of. Like it's being run poorly and is a good asset. You're being told by brokers and GP and maybe some other LPs that there's nothing we can do. And Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't necessarily believe that.
0: Yeah. There's never nothing you could do. Right. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it could be, I mean, there's, there's so many
1: options. Like uh, there, there's, partial dilution of equity Mm -hmm. there's uh it might actually be like it's not for me but i don't think that you should like you should like there are actually times when you should inject some capital if it's done correctly Mm -hmm. like don't chase it don't chase it and lose more but there are times when it's like inject the capital and win
0: yeah
1: again you need your gp to be driving that, that that train
0: yeah and again um I feel for the LPs, right? Because they don't have control and they have the most to lose. And unfortunately there's a lot of GPs out there that have ego that again in the one example we just we've talked about on the show twice now. Um there he's basically turned his back, like, Oh, that was a bad experiment. I'm out, right? Just and yeah. So I would tell LPs, uh, I think there's a lot of LPs that are hopefully watch this. I'll put LP in the title so it, you know, does the keyword search or whatever it is. If you're an LP in a deal, uh you need to reach out to Chris uh, and have those conversations. Obviously the GP needs to be on board, but my guess is there'll be LPs that feel the pain first and and want help. So uh, is that a fair? Right.
1: And there, there, there would be ways that I can uh, chat with a GP just so they can get an understanding Mm -hmm. of the fact that they can essentially save face.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Like, I mean, and that, that's like, I think that there's, I do think that, that it's a flea from the situation uh, in a lot of cases and it just makes it worse.
0: Yeah, totally agree. Well, Chris, I wish you nothing but success. I know you're going to help a lot of LPs. Uh, again, I feel for them. There are a lot of syndications done in the last two years. It probably shouldn't have been, but we got to deal with it now. You're in, right? Can't, can't undo it. Uh, so That's let's right. make the, let's make some lemonade out of lemons, right? Press forward. Press forward. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for your time, huh?
1: Thank you. Uh
0: huh.